again, everybody. Welcome to the 60th episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your host. I'm Trav. I do Nest Friend videos on YouTube. And that's Alex. He used to do SNES Drunk videos on YouTube, but something happened, and now he doesn't anymore. Really? You gonna give me crap about not doing videos? Something happened. Something happened. Nobody gives you crap if you skip a week. Yeah, because only 3,000 people on Earth know who I am. You've got a whole <laughs> legion of people. Uh, uh, now, arguably, uh, 4% of them are dead. Let's be honest. 4% of the, your 220,000 people are dead. But 434, who, you know, who's counting? Who, who's counting? Uh, not them. They're dead. But listen, what happened? Are you okay? Yeah, I, I'm fine. I just... All right. It's going to be hard. It's one of those things where, you know, it's like athlete speak mm. and it's like, well, I, I, you know, no excuses. You know, we got we got to produce. We got to make videos. We got to we got to we got to do our thing. We got to not you got to get off the field on third down, not turn the ball over. We got to throw strikes, all that stuff. The explanation is uh, it's really busy at work because this is uh, I, I work at a, a school uh july and august are super duper busy for me because uh it's everybody is uh, applying for fall semester oh. and i work in enrollment services for uh the records department as a quote-unquote business process analyst that sounds so exciting emphasis on the quotes uh it's not but uh the thing is is that i am uh working all the like when i'm at work i'm usually like going over my notes that i've made and like kind of outlining scripts and stuff like that i have not had a chance to do that in forever and uh my good friend andrew uh actually wrote a script for me and he was like do you want to use this and i was like that's not how i roll but i do appreciate what you did i love the idea of what you want to do let me let's work together and get this going and th- that sort of thing. So it's been so now you're outsourcing tough. your content. First you outsource. I am, I am outsourcing my content, uh, not on purpose. Well, first you outsourced the uh, the old uh, super scope footage, and now you're yeah. outsourcing your words. My yep, God, yeah, it, it's 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 a slippery slope, Trav. I tell uh, you what, it'll now now it's uh, now it's the words that are being sent uh, overseas. No, I'm just kidding. you know what you need um, to do. You need you need what you need to do. You know, you do like our guest coming up, King K. Hire yourself an editor. That's what you need. Get yourself the an editor. Editing is easy. Oh. I mean, to me, because okay. I'm only doing five minutes. Well, this dude's doing like freaking an hour. That's like, true. Screw that. Yeah. I ain't doing that. But here's but, the thing, though. Uh, he only does a video ever so often. You got uh, you got a few there going. You know, it still doesn't. He still writes more words than you per capita. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> We're going. We're going per capita. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to say you could you could probably you know what, get though? by with an editor. Is all I'm saying. If if you compared uh, his word, you know, he I have like 800, almost 800 videos at this point. I think it's like 750 or something like that. If you compared like his however many he has, which is I don't know 60, 70. I don't. I can't remember. He probably has more words. Oh, for sure. Than I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Hundred percent, because he's he's put out like just that much more well, stuff. I mean, so. we'll get into it, but yeah, for sure, he's yeah a lot more words for sure. But uh, well, okay, so Andrew's writing your writing your scripts now, and yeah, it's just I all it takes is someone to 
put like a bug in my head like that uh like the creative bug and it's like well what if it was this and i start writing it and it's like oh what if it were more than this what if it's this instead and then you start over and then so i've done that like four times Mm. and it's Mm. it's all about the experience of renting a game in uh you know back in the day because i feel like that's kind of a lost thing yeah um that's uh that's uh maybe our guest uh yeah i would guess uh, that our guest has never rented oh game. right because he's younger yeah we'll get into it king k's young fella very we'll, we'll get into it yeah, uh, his years, uh, yeah. Al- uh, my name is mr alex we'll get into it uh, we'll get into nickname. it uh, we'll get into it all right yeah no that that that's the whole idea is i, I want to get this right i think it's an interesting topic to cover but i also want to keep it focused on a certain thing i want it to be games that were kind you were kind of tricked into renting Mm. that you know maybe you i don't know i i don't know what i'm doing yet it's it's what i said on twitter i don't know what the hell i'm doing oh we know that yeah okay it's going back everybody knows that but we're going back and forth uh trying to figure this thing out but um yeah all right well tell your pal andrew I am always looking for someone to do the hard part for me. So if he would like to write me any scripts, I am down. And I'll edit them. I'll be my own editor. I don't mind. I'll let him know. Let him know. I'll I'll, I'll give you his, uh, I'll pull up my Rolodex and give you his number. All righty. Well. Did you have a Rolodex when you were a kid? No, no, but I did. You don't know what a Rolodex is? No, I do know what a Rolodex is. uh, Oh, okay. But, you know, I. Just making sure. I was really fascinated with those knockoff PDA. You know those things that they're like digital organizers that were really popular yes. in the late 90s that did like two functions. They were a calendar and a calculator, and they did neither <laughs> of those things well. I was just talking about those the other day, actually. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a picture. Let me pull it up here. Uh, I'll send it to you on, uh, on the chat. There's a picture of this guy who... Uh, where did I post this? Let me find it. He's holding a, a, a payphone to his this like word processor thing it actually has a uh a speaker or a microphone rather that can keep track of the stuff that he the, the it, it basically he calls a number and the um here i've got it here it's hard to describe um he's be, he's sending an email with an acoustic coupler it, is how it works it's it's the early 80s and uh the caption says a traveling executive receives messages from his office electronic mail system by means of a handheld computer, quote unquote, and a modem and a public telephone. This is like 1982. The guy looks like uh, Clyde Drexler or uh, he looks like uh, not Clyde Drexler. He looks like uh, Frazier, the the Knicks uh, announcer guy. I can't remember his oh, name. Yeah, his I last name's Frazier. Yeah. But uh, here you go. Let me let me throw this in here. Let's throw it get in your, there. Uh, let me see it. Get your uh, oh wow thoughts on that, huh? Yeah, see, he's holding a phone. It's like a fold out thing, and he's got a display, a tiny display that's just text. What? Wh- what's your thoughts on that? N- my, my my first thought is no. Um, <laughs> it's, but there's also, a reason it didn't catch on. But also, my my next thought is like, were businessmen still huffing corn cob pipes in the eighties, or was he like solving a murder in the eighteen eighties? 
I know, right? He's he's da- his suit isn't dated. His technology is, but his suit is not. That guy is dapper. That is a dapper got, suit and haircut. I agree with that. And but. haircut. Yep. He's got the pinstripes. He's got the white, straight, like bright white shirt with a, a nice tie to go with it. So yeah, he's he's got he's stylish. Yeah. But yeah. You know, and the other, and another thing about this is like in 1980s, this told everyone. And I know we're talking about a picture on a podcast, but just in the like, this is a Reader's Digest ask ass picture of a guy using <laughs> a piece of 1980s technology. And at that point in time, in 1980, uh, you were like, "This guy owns probably, I'll say yachts, I'll say plural yachts." But in 2021, when I see this picture, I say, "This guy probably doesn't have a home." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just weird. It's a crazy person. There's a crazy person standing like, at an old payphone. He's ripped it apart, apparently, <laughs> and he has a pipe he found in his mouth. I wouldn't go near him. He's like hoarding old technology that he finds. <laughs> no excuse for that. He's to find this thing. He's trying to figure out how it works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good call. Yeah. I like that. I like that assessment. Good job. Thanks. I do what I can. Hey, um, <laughs> you know. I, I think came across our radar. Uh, who was yes. as someone who yes. wasn't relevant for years? No, listen. I, I need to introduce this properly now to to shift gears here from the eighties to the nineties. Mm, real hard, yeah, real hard. Uh, <laughs> we are the premier nineties ass podcast out there oh, in, that's true. in the world. I think so. I think we are. Yeah. When it comes to nineties assness, that's true. We are our, the most nineties a- today was born in the late nineties. So that he was born he's a nineties ass guest. Because he was actually his ass was pulled I'm just <laughs> his ass was born I mean his ass was born in the nineties. You can't dispute that. He wouldn't dispute that. He was fun he's a fun guest. He knows. <laughs> well, okay, you go ahead from here. Well, you were the one that wanted to talk about Fred Durst. So oh, okay, bad. all right, fine. I'll keep going then. I'll keep rambling incoherently. So, as many of you know, mm-hmm. uh, the band Limp Biscuit. Yeah. They have a lead singer yeah. by the name of Fred Durst, Frederick. which is the most appropriate name. If, if you could be like a two-syllable name and a, a lead singer, I think that's why one of the reasons why he kind of caught on, not only because of the backwards hat and the oversized t-shirt and the giant jeans and all that, but because his name was two syllables, I think Fred Durst is just easy to say, easy to remember. You know you know what's funny, though? Okay, so his his stage name, he has a full stage name. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Actually, he's not. Okay, he must have changed his name at some point, but his name is actually William Frederick Durst, which sounds like a late, you know, 1910s poet, but he was born <laughs> Frederick Allen Maine Third. I mean, he could have been, he could have had a corncob pipe tearing a phone apart in the 80s. Like, yeah. that's a dapper name. <laughs> uh, maybe that's him. I don't know. He's uh, got a time machine or something. But um, yeah, uh, or, or maybe that's, it sounds like he'd be related to Bob Costas or something. That's, it's a that's distinguished a name, name, right? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, go on. Uh, that is not a 90s ass name, no. but Fred Durst is a big time 90s ass name. He made himself uh, available via our, uh social media networks uh over the weekend where because uh limp biscuit was playing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lollapalooza, i guess it was in chicago or something like that and it was just joyous it was it was a wonderful it was a wonderful morning to be able to see what he looks like now because he's got the hulk hogan mustache 
full on like handlebar, mm-hmm. like big time Hulk Hogan, but it's like gray and black. Yeah, he's got he's got a little salt and pepper, but it's mostly gray. Yeah, he's gray now. And, he's gray uh, yeah, he's he's pretty. How old is he now? Is he fifty? He's fifty on the money. On the money. Okay, fifty, and he. To his credit, I think he's got some self-awareness because I think he realized at 50, it's like, well, if I go out there in this backwards hat and with, you know, with the soul patch and goatee and all that sort of stuff, I'm going to look ridiculous. And he embraced his 50-ness and he came out <laughs> with like a polo shirt with uh, uh, aviator sunglasses, mm-hmm. dad sunglasses and a dad windbreaker and just this ridiculous hair. Uh, it, it has to be a wig. I'm I'm happy it's a wig, and I'm glad I'm glad he's embraced his his oldness because it's made for some great fodder. Yeah, because he the, he looks like a million different things that, and they're all accurate. Yeah, he looks like an extra from All in the Family. <laughs> that's your first look like looks like. Yeah, there I think you go. So. Yeah, I think that's that's it. That's that's your first looks like because he looks to me he looks like the step ba- stepdad embarrassing his kids at Target well, buying room essentials <laughs> for their dorm rooms for the first year at college. I know I said that on Twitter already, but he's I mean he he's the embodiment of that. I applaud him for like embracing it. Yeah, for and sure. Just being like you know what I'm I'm gonna look like a dad. That's fine. And you know I here's a couple things about. Fred Durst Limp Biscuit. Number one, Fred Durst circa like five years ago looked a lot like my brother, uh, which is mm-hmm. really strange. When he grew, I'm gonna I'm gonna paste this image in here. All right. People that are in the uh, the old drunk friend uh, Discord where we record all these are gonna be really, uh, I guess, surprised to see all of these all this Fred Durst. Oh my god, that is him. But that looks that's not him. That's Fred Durst. But he looks oh, okay. in this picture. My <laughs> brother looks exactly like Fred Durst. So I, you know, I kind of have a soft spot for Fred because I'm like, ah, he just looks. Like, now my brother doesn't know, even know who Limp Biscuit is. I think this is pretty much what people were expecting yeah. him to come out with, though the flat brim hat, sure, no logo. He's got the stupid sticker underneath, which I I don't know what that is. But it's kind of it's an it's an iconic thing. look for him at this point. Like I think yeah, he could pull it off just because he's Fred Durst, who by the way he just kind of looks like a sick Brett Favre sometimes too. I don't know <laughs> if you've you've seen you've seen that one uh, where he just looks like a a kind of frail sick Brett Favre. And you're like, wow, what's going on with uh, Brett Favre? Oh no, that's Fred Durst. It's weird. His his shirt blends in with his tattoos, so yeah. you can't tell where the shirt ends and the tattoos begin. And, and who knows? It's maybe that weird. is just tattoos. I mean, who, who, and he does look like he's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't see a lot of Brett Favre there. I think Brett Favre. Mm. I think Wrangler. When I think I see Brett okay. Favre, I'm not oh. seeing any Wrangler here. Why is he doing the stupid Star Trek thing? Why not though? With his hands, you judge, but then you have to question why. Why would you not do that? I I agree. <laughs> I I think the biscuit has to be self aware right now if they want to be relevant. And I think uh, whatever fan base that they, I don't think they're picking up new fans. I think they really have to appeal to the 43 year olds that still love. <laughs> them and good for them man i'm gonna say good for them whatever oh well if you know if, when you look like the guy at the county fair running the tilt a whirl while not paying attention uh, as underage kids gleefully r- enjoy the ride narrowly avoiding serious injury while the tilt a whirl guy is like hitting on your mom then then yeah you, you better be uh 
you know, picking up the whatever scraps uh, come your way. Well, that that, that sounded like a slam, but uh, also... Not- no, I'm being complimentary. The Tilt-A-Whirl guy was my favorite guy at the county fair. I was going to say, it sounds like you're being mean, but the Tilt-A-Whirl guy, Tilt-A-Whirl guy was always the most competent because that's a dangerous ride. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, we've also... I will obviously say we also, but you don't make videos anymore. I made a couple videos. Uh, I'll go through them real quick because we got to get to that King K. And speaking of King K, I covered a game called King's Knight there, which is a square game, not not the shape, the company, and it's not an RPG, it's a shoot 'em up with a knight and a wizard and a monster and a thief, and you're like, what? That sounds like an RPG. No! It's shoot 'em up, and uh, it sucks. Yeah. You think it sucks? I thought it looked kind of interesting. I'll say the first four levels, tons of fun. I, sh- I shouldn't say it sucked. That was like my shock my shock punchline. Oh, okay. Um, you, 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 that, that's me saying fuck it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I say you can have some fun with it. I think those first four levels, you play each level with one of those dudes. Pretty good time. Mm. I think overall, it's kind of addictive and satisfying blowing up the environments and getting all this stuff. Uh, but that final level is not fun. Not mm. fun. The whole you get the whole band together. Now you're a big thing on screen in a shoot 'em up. Never good. Yeah, that seems like it was an idea that wasn't ready for the NES. Uh, because it's simply because of the sheer size of what you become, <laughs> it's like they tried doing a Voltron kind of a thing, and uh, yeah, they they uh, ignored the specs at the time. It's like oh, they'll they'll figure it out. It's supposed to be hard. Yes, et cetera, et cetera. and you can't so, yeah. you can't change the order of your party unless you step on a certain tile. Oh, that's frustrating. So uh, mm. I, I say tread lightly. And then my video that came out today, boy, what a whopper that was. 18 minutes. What am I, King K? <laughs> um, Star Wars was the topic. I did all the Star Wars games on the NES and the one there on the Famicom. And I had a lot of fun with that video. And I got to say, I'm a little disappointed. Only one thumbs down. What do you mean you're disappointed? There's only one thumbs down. That's three games. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding because I thought you know. I, I, well, first of all, I do a whole thing where at the very beginning I just kind of make fun of Star Wars. You know, I do my quick like this is basically what Star Wars is, and just kind of really boil it down to a series of punchlines. And then I don't say lightsaber for 18 minutes just to really drive up <laughs> the uh, the well actually crowd. Oh, yeah. And uh, I didn't get a single comment about that. And but no, I am honestly the people that often very often watch my videos and comment are, are very nice and, and and enjoy them but uh well you haven't posted your video on uh r slash star wars oh i would never no what am i it's mad yeah, sadist no no sir let, I, let me let me post it on there for oh, you oh please then. god and do not no don't, it, do don't worry some one guy will down downvote it and then it'll fade into obscurity i don't think that the down th- i get a down thumb every video i think it's the same guy who's been mad since puss in boots he didn't like my take on puss in boots <laughs> he was a huge puss in boots fan i talked badly and he's like God damn he's like man this guy he's you know i'm out here puss in booting and he he stomped he, he st- stomped on my puss in boot hurt my puss in boot t- i don't know what i'm trying to say but <laughs> he didn't Neither like do he i'm just saying that guy was very offended by my puss in boot video and he's down thumbed everything so you're out here new puss button yeah he's out there put, uh, yeah whatever new puss button yeah that's that's perfect <laughs> So anyway, that's what I did. The Star Wars video. Come on, you gotta you gotta name the reference after that because it's too obscure and too mangled at that point. It's new boot goofing from uh, Reno nine eleven. New boot pussing. Nine, I, not not nine eleven nine one one. It's so it's it's yeah. The those games look fine. I mean, 
two of them looked fine. One of them looked horrendous, but yeah, uh, that first one though, uh, quality. I think I'm not, not maybe quality is a bit strong, but I thought it was okay. Oh yeah, it was good. I liked the first one a lot actually. It's uh, it grew on me quite a bit. I, I remember playing it as a young kid and was like, "What is going on? I don't know how this works." And, uh, you know, because I was a little too impatient maybe to learn it or read the manual or whatever. But playing through it here recently, it, it, it became one of my favorite NES games. I'm not going to lie. I just had to I had to figure out what it wanted me to do. You know how it is sometimes. Did you ever play the Star Wars game for uh, Vectrex, the uh, the arcade game? That's, oh, well, uh, I played the yeah, I have played the arcade. Yeah, yeah. the really old arcade game. The, I think it's just Empire Strikes Back or something like that is what it's called. I've dabbled in a few of the vector based Star Wars games. Yeah, and I like those. I think I think they're still kind of playable. I think they're pretty freaking cool. Yeah. I, I did talk to uh, our friend Coolor and uh, Lewis, uh, the old uh, uh, mod of uh, my Discord from ye, ye olden days. They both, uh, I, I can't remember who it was. I get them mixed up sometimes. It's stu- It's so so dumb. Bad bad job by me. But um, one of them said, I think it was Coolor, said um, that they, they saw one of those... Uh, Star Wars machines where the screen was just completely blown out because those Vectrex machines are intense. Yeah. Like they put out such intense light uh, that it fries the screen. Basically, it's wow. like literally burning the screen. Uh, so it's dying it's... by living. That's so sad. Oh, <laughs> poor screen. Yeah, it's it's. But that's how it was back then. It was just like, oh, okay. Well, this is done. Oh. And next and you just swapped out the 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 cabinet for something else but um yeah i i, I always thought that was really interesting a, a really interesting artifact of of the time was where those old uh vectrex star wars games to a retro head like us probably they hold up i'd say not to everyone but i think they're still playable i think they're worth checking out if you're a star wars fan for sure uh and I'm, I, if you're a star wars fan you've you know about that game you know you know about the old stuff Maybe, maybe not. What what if they're King K's age? You think that they're a ripe twenty four? I don't know. Do they make? I don't. Do they still make Star Wars fans? I wasn't sure. I thought maybe they stopped. <laughs> you think they're still coming out with them? Let me let me tell you this much. Uh, my brother, uh, his kids are uh, fourteen and twelve. They do not give one rat's ass about Star Wars. Yeah, I and my I brother is the biggest Star Wars dork that I know. Well, maybe it's a maybe it's a revolt. Maybe they're because you know my dad loved John Wayne. I'm not. I don't have a John Wayne poster <laughs> in my house. <laughs> Why not? Because uh, my dad I liked him a little too much. Several John Wayne posters <laughs> throughout my house. My dad actually went to the the we used to have a ga- the, when Chevron was still a gas station. I don't know if it still is, but there was a Chevron gas station down. We have the, Chevrons here. They they're all gone in my area. They all got replaced with shells. Uh, okay. But anyway, so there was a Chevron gas station. My dad always used to get beer from there, and uh, they there was a, a Coors Light stand up. My dad didn't drink Coors Light, but there was a Coors Light stand up of John Wayne in the store. He was they were peddling some Coors Light with John Wayne's image, and it stood. It was a stand up. It stood about honestly like five foot five. Like it was pretty a pretty big stand up. Uh, and my dad was like, you know, if, when you guys get rid of that, will you call me? Left them his phone number. They when they got ready to trash this John Wayne, they called oh, okay. him. Okay, that's where you get it from. Then he came by, he picked it up, and then he went home and took his own Miller Lite beer boxes and taped them over the Coors Light ones in the ad. <laughs> I love it. So that's he, great. Like, I'm not going to have any Coors in this house. And uh, like he had this big stance against Rocky Mountain beer. I don't know what it was, but uh, that's what we. Oh, did. that's fantastic. It's still around. That is 
some excellent insight into the Trav psyche. That is where you get your collector bug from. It's like, oh, hey, how about this over here? Let's uh, leave my number for this guy, and he'll call me when it's available. You've pulled that move a few times, haven't you? Maybe, but that's that's weird you bring that up, because I don't think my parents collected anything. My dad just hustled one John Wayne stand-up. And that's all it took for me to get it in my head that I can get anything I want. Put it in my house. <laughs> you got to go back to that old man's house and get all his uh, instruction books and strategy guides <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's what this is coming back to. All right. Well, let's get into some emails real quick because, again, we have a guest coming up. So first we have an email from Dylan Brewer. He said, oh, Hopefully he's okay with us using Ooh. his full name because I just did, Dylan. Sorry about that. He says, hey, guys. I was a couple of episodes behind and was going to send a message your way to correct you on the name of the song Big Yellow Taxi and the original composer being Joni Mitchell, but Pam beat me to it. Since she properly chastised you, my question is, what is your favorite color to appear in a game's palette for your respective preferred systems? Keep up the good work, and this is for Alex, a random name, and Mark Tenordi. Tenordi? Do you know this one? Do you know Tenorti. You know you know you know my you know Mark Tenorti? Yeah, he was a Of course uh, you know. Kind of like a Claude Lemieux type back in the day sure. before Claude Lemieux. Uh, yeah, everybody knows he, Claude Lemieux. He was a, he was a what a third baseman for the New Orleans Senators? <laughs> uh no, he Claude Lemieux is a playoff legend for the New Jersey Devils and the Colorado Avalanche and all Detroit Red Wings fans hate him more than any other player in the world. But um, Mark Tenorti was kind of an instigator, and he was uh, kind of an asshole. So he was mm, mm. Uh, a great North Star, in other words. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, I'm sorry for what I've done. Um, but, but I'm glad you know who uh, Mark Tenorti is. He sounds like a, like a decent fella. Uh, he had a great mustache. Oh, yeah. Mark Tenorti. I bet he did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so interesting question here. I don't know. I have never once thought about uh, color in a game in a game's palette. Uh, I've never really thought about color. You know what? In general, I never even had to think about a color palette in a game because I knew SNES had more colors than Sega Genesis. Oh yeah! <laughs> you you really channeled your inner Dan from Console Wars there. Uh, well, actually, I guess your inner Patrick. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's never occurred to me. It's it's it can't be yellow because yellow can't be produced by the NES natively. I was going to say I can turn my g- gamma way up and we'll we'll make yellow. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> I'll true. get yellow. Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, it's yellow is not a part of the NES uh, color palette uh, it, within its. There's some weird programming reason for that, but you can get peach, you can get uh, light orange, you can get all sorts, you can get beige, tan, all sorts of colors, but you can't get like basic yellow from the NES, which is I always found fascinating. Well, my my answer is going to be beige. I'm going to go with that sand that you land (laughs) on there in the old Legend of Zelda when you first start out. It's oh like, yeah, like, there you go. Like, what is that? Is that sand? I guess so. That's that's my choice. Give me some of that sandy beige. All right. So for Super Nintendo, I think I'm going to roll with uh, Mega Man Blue. Oh. If if that could be a color that I could like apply to other stuff, I'd like uh, Mega Man Blue or Mega Man X Blue. Oh yeah, to be a thing. That pastel-y. Um, yeah. Okay. I like. I just like. Uh, he's the blue bomber 
And uh, I, 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 you don't see other. I mean, Sonic is blue, but he's kind of a darker, mm-hmm. more navy shade, which uh, you know. But you can't see it because he's so fast, which is you know, I can, you can't take the time to appreciate it properly. Mega Man, uh, whether it's X or the original, uh, has a proper shade of blue. He's got multiple shades of blue, and uh, that is my choice. Spent all night thinking of an answer for this question. I didn't, and it shows, right? Mm. All right. Up next, we have uh, this one comes from uh, from a, uh, a friend of the old Polykill Discord. This is uh, JGS Boys. He says, "Hello, Tralix. He put us together. We're one name now, Tralix. What do you think about that, Tralix? It also sounds like a drug that uh, to just get a. I was gonna drum up <laughs> a good boner for a seventy-five year old man. A Tralix. <laughs> it sounds like a drug I'd see advertised on Jeopardy yeah. or something. Ask yeah. your doctor about Tralix." Uh, calls us hemorrhaging from the eyeballs. I just found myself thinking about a favorite novel that, and sorry to read all the emails, Alex. I just realized that was bogarting the emails. I'll hey, let, that's mine. All right, I'll let ahead. you read the last one. Uh, I was just thinking about my favorite novel that I fell in love with as a teenager. Unfortunately, I've never met anyone else that read it. I was a voracious reader and regularly pulled random titles from deep in the library stacks. Video game rentals were likewise total surprises for me in the days when I just went in and picked something without knowing anything about it and sometimes was floored. It got me wondering if either of you had a playing experience that was quite meaningful to you with a game that no one else seems to know about. If so, do you attribute the disconnect to nostalgia for a forgettable game or did you get lucky and really find something great that just got lost in the shuffle? That's a good question. Thank you for that uh, question, by the way, JDS Boys, uh, a.k.a. Joel. Yeah, Joel. Uh, what do you got, Trav? Man, that's... Oof. You know, I think I could speak at the time. I think later I learned that this game was popular, and this is kind of a Trav answer, but when I first bought Dark Cloud, I had no oh, idea... Boy. No, listen, here's the thing, though. I bought this... Uh, I remember this this very vividly. We were on a vacation, and my parents were older people. They were they had me when they were in their forties, and I was the only child at the time. I have older brothers and sisters, but they'd moved away. I was the trophy kid, right? I was like, "Hey, here's the one last hoorah. Let's have Travis." And so I'm getting raised around some old folk, and we didn't really connect on fun, right? We didn't have a lot of things in common for fun. They didn't like to go to like amusement parks because they're old. And I just like to play video games, and they didn't understand that. So to amuse me on this one little vacation where we didn't go very far, we went like a town over to a lake, I was bored out of my fucking mind. There was no, like, internet at this place. There's no internet really ubiquity at all. It was just, like, nothing like that. There was no way for me to entertain myself. And they're like, oh, fuck it. Just take him to let him go get a game. He brought his PlayStation. Just go get him a game. So my dad, we, we leave this lake place, and we go up to the next town. There's a Kmart. And I go in there. I, f- I see a game that looks almost like Zelda. I was like, oh, what the hell is this? Looks great. This Dark Cloud. Never heard of it. I don't read video game magazines at this time. I'm, I'm more of a sports kid that just plays games at this point. I bring it back, and I'm addicted to this game. I tell all my friends about it. When I get back, I'm like, holy shit, boys. Dark Cloud. Let me tell you all about it. It's so amazing. And no one had really heard of it. And then you fast forward like a few years down the line. It's a greatest hits on the PS2 library. Everybody knows about it. But at the time, I thought I had really discovered something special. Like, I was the first kid to to ever go watch like you know that that really good band that turns out to be big like i felt like i was at the ground (laughs) the ground floor for something really big just by buying that game on a whim uh off the shelf so i think that maybe that's a good example here for joel sure yeah where's dark cloud 3 where is it bring it on where i don't know i don't know where it is but yeah that's a great story i don't know what 
co- would compare that I, I don't have anything that compares to that other than just like you know uh i think my story would probably compare to a lot of other kids where it's just like okay there's everything literally everything else is checked out of the rental store okay so let's try this weird game with a car on it called top gear let's try that see if it's any good i i'm it's total like close your eyes and throw a dart type choice and it turns out top gear ended up being one of my favorite games of all time mm-hmm. it's it's just a racing game, but it's got the best music. God, music's so good. Uh, ever. It, it's still played in clubs in South America, in Brazil. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Dude, just look at the comments of any Top Gear video on YouTube, and you will see a uh, plethora of lots of love for the music it's yeah it's, i do love the music i didn't realize it was still popular at overseas nightclubs. Yeah. so that is that is a testament for right there. sure that's cool yeah it is it is it's still overseas bumping. like uh, let's see the gulf of mexico i i'm stupid but i said overseas when brazil we share a sea you know you, you get why that's dumb but that's okay <laughs> we share a gulf i guess yeah my bad over gulf <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you know, over hemispheres. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> who knew? But yeah, that that's the only thing I compared to is just like, oh, this is a this is a game I didn't realize would be good. You know, just a blind rental. I've had blind rentals turned out real bad. Most times it is bad. Uh, For me, it was. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. But uh, Top Gear ended up being awesome. So. That's my answer. I would say I can't think of anything else though. Yeah, I mean, most of my rentals were kind of taking a chance because again, I didn't, I didn't have a big group of friends that played games that like fed me information about what was good and bad, and I also was not tapped into like the magazines and stuff for a long period of time. Like anytime I went to a rental store, I rented based off of the cover. And a lot of times I rented a lot of licensed stuff because I was like, oh, I've heard of Roger Rabbit. Let's see what this is all about. And then I'd go home and be <laughs> like, this is ass. I hate this. I'm six. <laughs> I don't understand it. I just want to see the red-haired lady. She's pretty. So <laughs> anyway, speaking of red-haired ladies oh. and attractive people, okay, we've got Games to Play with Lovers from Robert Auguste de Meyer. Howdy, you two. He says, my girlfriend and I are looking forward to playing It Takes Two, and I was wondering which games you would recommend playing with significant others. Our favorite is Puzzle Strike, by the way. Play it loud, Robert Auguste de Meyer. Always love getting a nice Auguste de Meyer email. It just feels right. Feels feels at home here on Drunk Friend to read one of those. Mm. And uh, it's not a proper episode without an email from him. From a Robert, anyway. We have to have at least one of the Roberts. From a, yeah, exactly. Uh, wow. I, I actually have some answers here. I think because my wife does not play a ton of video games and it's I really have to coax her with a good sell. I have to be like, well, this is a game we can play together because this, this and this, you know, nothing competitive. That's never going to work. You really have to do the hard sell. You have to like do the do, yeah. Dan Aykroyd salesman act. Yeah, she's, you know, early on, she would really take a chance on anything I suggested just because she wanted to participate. But we learned that, you know. Being competitive is not fun for us, and there are certain (laughs) games, like, things that are really puzzly is just frustrating for both of us, so then neither of us have fun. So we failed. We liked... I was really surprised by this, too, because my wife has, you know, she's not... She's not in our sphere, man. She just just isn't. And so, like, even something... 
a kind of fantasy was taking a chance, but I was surprised she really liked playing uh, like Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, like two player that. Uh, just going through hmm. the you know the isometric PS2 version and just beating sh- like it's just kind of hack and slash, but it was super fun. Splitting the loot, upgrading our weapons, and um, it was a lot of fun. I was really surprised by that because again, she's not a she's not a gamer, but she was really into that that world and and playing as um, as those characters and creatures. And um, it I made the mistake of assuming she wanted to play something kind of cutesy maybe or something that was easy or lighthearted, but no, she wanted to fucking slay shit with a mace. And that was fun. We had a blast. <laughs> right on. I would love to do like an all-ranging survey of like what was your gate re- gateway game or like like if you know someone that was not into, ge- into video games, what was your gateway game? Or what was their gateway game mm-hmm. into uh, playing games and that sort of stuff? Yeah, because it's always different. It's always something completely different that you wouldn't expect, which I always really appreciate. And there, there you go. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Like Pearl is into like uh, we're we're not a good example. I, you know what though? It, I I think you're onto something with the whole puzzle aspect. Um. I mean, w- were there a lot of puzzles in that game or no? No, it was just smash it was just things combat. and move okay. It's like Diablo. I, I heard you say puzzles. I think you, were, but it was in the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, we, well, those frustrate both of us. And then we're both like, we're both like, fuck this. You know, we're like, oh, it sucks. <laughs> See, for, for Pearl and, and, and I, uh, we bonded most over uh, games like Limbo, where oh. it's, we, we both kind of look at what, our next task is and we're we're both like huh well how do we get past this part oh you try this go over this way nope gruesome death nope another gruesome death nope gruesome death and we just laugh at how bad we're failing and then eventually we figure it out it feels super rewarding and then we move on to the next one and that game's perfect for that i think yeah, I think so. That's interesting. Yeah, have you played Limbo? I've, I love Limbo and Inside. I yeah. love I love both. Yeah, that's that's those are great games. Uh, I was thinking though when we mentioned puzzles, my wife and I did play through. I won't say we played through, but she was my spotter wingman helper for the Adventures of Lolo games, and uh, those ended up being a huh. nice. You know, and that's because it wasn't a competitive puzzle thing. We weren't both holding a controller, and it wasn't frustrating for both of us in that way. It was kind of. You know, go here, try this, yeah. or try that, do this, this is fun. So, yeah, that was kind of, you know, I, I think a lot of times people want to play a game with their significant other and they think both of you have to hold a controller, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can both enjoy something right. and, you know, when you both watch a movie, you're not both holding a controller. Yeah. You know, you can you can participate, What you know, you can encourage each other. It doesn't have to be competitive. Yeah. It, it can be, uh, put your, it, right, I think that's well put. You put your heads together to solve something. I think that's... kind of collaborative in that way uh that's that's a good point yeah i think limbo lends itself really well to that there's a lot of indie games that do that Mm -hmm. um there's stuff like the unfinished swan what is that game called is it unfinished swan yeah yeah you said it the first time and then you you acted like you'd never heard it before (laughs) no it's i i was like is that the because it didn't sound right it is the unfinished swan okay yeah that's another one where we were like what the hell is this game Mm -hmm. so we had to like wander around and figure out what what we were doing with and spraying ink everywhere and all that and that was another fun one all right folks well as we've alluded to several times in this episode we have a, a fun guest coming up it's going to be king k who man his videos a couple things stand out about this guy which we'll get into in this episode but if you're if you're uninitiated just know 
lots of retrospectives in this video library. He has, he, he, I would say he's, he's about like Alex's level in terms of subs, but completely different spectrum of video game review. This guy's going for 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minute in-depth retrospectives, and they are engrossing. I will say the time flies on these things because of the amount of information that goes in. He's very evocative and, and easy to listen to. The information is is incredible and always, I I don't know, I'm, I'm always, um, it illuminates a lot of things for me. I find myself coming away a little more intelligent after watching each one of these things. And so he's a very fun conversation. You might be surprised to know how young this dude is. So... It, Check him out. King K, coming up. Hi, everybody. This is Steve from the Polykill Podcast. Are you ever sitting up late at night wondering how your life got to this point? How you ever managed to amass so many great games but finish so few of them? Us too. So join me and Trav as we talk about what we're playing, what we're beating, and what our community managed to beat as well. Check us out wherever you find podcasts or at polymedianetwork.com. And don't forget to hashtag just beat it. All right, King K, thank you so much for joining us here on the Drunk Friend Podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time. And just so listeners know, it's taken us weeks to get this guy. We've been going back and forth with scheduling, but we finally got King K on board. So thanks again for taking the time out of what I assume is a very busy schedule to join up with us. <laughs> I guess, uh, I don't know. Life's been hectic lately, but I'm glad I could sit down. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, we're excited for sure because, uh, well, I want to get into something right off the bat because I know that you go by King K. That's that's the the moniker that, that you know people can find you there on YouTube. I am ignorant to what uh, your name actually is inspired from. I know like Kingdom Clanad, maybe that's how you say it, is is like the full name. I Googled like, what what is that? And it only just came up with you. So I, what is the name inspired from? Well, um <laughs> I've actually kind of, like I've kind of retired it because I hate it now but the inspiration <laughs> originally was um I like Kingdom Hearts I like uh Klonoa if you know what that is Yeah yeah um and I like an anime called Clanad which is my favorite anime um That's Clanad with a yes. C right So mm. you can see Kingdom Hearts you put the kingdom then you get Clanad, but you just replace the C with the K from Klonoa, and there you go. There you go. All right, it, now it, it all makes it, sense. <laughs> it did have the unfortunate effect of later I realized that there's a word in there that gives some bad implications whenever I give out my email to people. <laughs> um, and that's I part of the that reason now, I'm yes. trying to phase that out. And just going with, with the classic my K. And I'm not going to say what it is, but you'll notice if you notice. Sure, but. sure, yeah. Well, I will I will say that that never crossed my mind, but I could see why you might scale that back and just go with King K, which honestly has, has a nice ring to it. It's yeah, good for marketing I mean, the yourself. Original, so. The original impetus was that that just sounded better to me and mm -hmm, like people would yeah. actually remember it. And I guess that worked because I don't know. <laughs> whenever anybody <laughs> says my old username, I'm like, I don't know how I ever survived with that to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> right on, yeah. Yeah, so on this show, we've we've actually had the pleasure of talking with some folks that have what some would consider smooth voices, okay? So we've 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 had some other streamers on HG, she's she's known for her voice. We've had Super Derek, very smooth talking gentleman, and you of course stand out as one of those guys that can just 
I, yeah, I could just leave your videos on for hours and you could just smooth talk me all the way through a retrospective. And is that a comment that you get a lot from folks just on the voice alone? Is that yeah. something that you're like, are you almost tired of hearing it at this point? You're like, all right, I'm not Barry White. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I'm tired of it, though. I do get it a lot. Um, <laughs> I guess it was something that surprised me. I get it a lot in my real life, like not just on the Internet. It's just something that people have always told me, like, wow, you have a nice voice. And I'm like, I guess it's not something I really notice because um, it's my voice. It's just what I've what's been with me in my life. So I don't know. But uh, I think as soon as I started doing the YouTube stuff, like I got tons and tons of comments like, oh, your voice, your voice. I'm like, OK, I guess there must be some truth to this. And I took I am a broadcast journalist. Uh, that's what oh, I go okay. to school for. Um, and so I took a nice. few radio classes and everybody there is like, wow, you have a good radio voice. Like literally everybody in the class is like, wow, your your voice is perfect for this. I'm like, OK, well, I guess this is my lot in life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you have no choice in the yeah. matter at all. It's been selected for you. Let me ask you this. You know, like a lot of people get sick of their own voice. Like I know I sure as hell get sick of mine. If you could put any other voice, any other voice that you know of in the world to replace yours, like in your own head, like you get to keep your voice, but like the voice in your head that like you think with, you know what I mean? Like what <laughs> voice would that be that your inner monologue is read by who? Like Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> or like George Carlin? Like who, who, what, is there a voice, a weird, yeah. like a, a voice that you no, admire no, that, I immediately that, that sticks know what my out? answer is. It's Keanu Reeves. Hmm. That's a good answer. That would be my answer. Whoa. That came to me immediately. That, that has to be it. That would be relaxing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be very I soothing, very zen. I just love the way zen. he speaks, especially in John Wick, where he's just very, like, I don't even know how to describe how he speaks. He's just, he's very to the point, and I just like it. I don't know. It's declarative. Yeah. It's, it's unambiguous and declarative. He's He's straight, yeah, like you said, to the point. So you've been at this for a while. You've been going back uh, nearly six years now with your channel. What would you say when you started this thing was your... Did you have like a goal with it? Or did, did you have a vision of what it would eventually become? Were you thinking on those terms? Or were you just like, all right, here, here goes nothing? Well, I can't say I ever thought I'd be in this spot. <laughs> um, right. But I guess everybody says that, you know, oh, I didn't know I'd be here. Uh, but it, it's true. It's kind of a hard thing to predict. Um, but I, I just honestly, it's just because I watched a lot of YouTube and I still do. Honestly, most of my like, I guess the boomer generation are like TV heads or whatever. And my generation is I don't watch TV at all, but I watch YouTube all day. <laughs> so like that's just been me from a young age. So I guess I was inspired by all the people I watched. Like, uh, um, I watched a lot of Let's Plays, uh, primarily, which I guess is a weird way to get inspired to do video essays, but, um, <laughs> it was mostly a bunch of Let's Plays from like Chugga Conroy and, uh, a bunch of people in that community, like Proton John sure. and Nintendo Capri Sun and, Oh, Proton John's a legend. His yeah. uh, Kaizo Mario stuff yeah. from way back in the day and I still follow was, them. is fantastic. Yeah, I still follow them to this yeah, day. Yeah, he's, he's doing Donkey Kong Country now, yeah. I think. It's crazy that they're all still kicking, like, YouTube-wise. <laughs> um, it's just... 
Because the thing about how long it's been since then is kind of startling, but I guess I didn't really start around then because I was like 10 years old, but um, I think it is in 2015, I was like, I had discovered videos from like Matthew Matosis and uh, like, um, I don't know. There, there are a lot of inspirations I have, like, I guess Ant Dude, Some Call Me Johnny, Pretty much anyone in that sphere of influence I've watched, probably. Uh, and in 2015, I was like, you know, I'll just give it a stab. And I made a awful Kirby review. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the birth of my channel, I guess. Yeah. And you mentioned some Call Me Johnny. That's another smooth talk and low voice guy that we've had on the show before. So, man, we're, our catalog of, of smooth voices is, is ever growing. But, yeah, that's interesting. You jumped in uh, with the Kirby video and... You've kind of, I mean, I won't say that like your format has is the same sense, but it's kind of been that same kind of angle where you want to do a really in-depth review of uh, a, a game or a or a series. And like you said, like Let's Plays isn't really a direct correlation to that. So was it just something that you, you saw as a, a void that you wanted to fill? like you, Or was it more personal? Like, I just want to write about these things. It doesn't really matter if there's an audience, so to speak. It's just something, some way for me to be creative. I guess... I felt like I wanted to do Let's Plays more, but at that point in time, it just wasn't something that was going to work. Uh, like, the time for that had passed a long time ago, so I was sort of looking at it like, well, I'm not really going to get anywhere with this, so I may as well try to do something that might actually get me somewhere, but that's still fun, and so that's why I eventually started to try and model myself after people like Matthew Matosis and Joseph Anderson, because that kind mm -hmm. of YouTube content is my favorite kind. Uh, so I guess it was like being inspired by them and trying to be like, well, maybe I can put my own voice in the ring, see where that goes and where that leads. And my mantra is always just, I want to make things that I would watch and I would find enjoyable on the platform. So there you go. That's, That's exactly what I said when I when I started by nonsense was I feel like I need to make stuff that I would watch when it comes to making stuff, though, like speaking specifically about your Zelda series where you're doing a retrospective on <laughs> what every game in the series. Uh, it seems I mean, like the goal originally was just the 3D ones. But then at some point I was like, I might as well do them all. And I haven't <laughs> done them all yet, but I've done most of Dang. them. You're, yeah, and you're, you've got an hour or so, or or more, or nearly an hour for for each of them. Yeah, Do you, that's that's got to be daunting to be like, okay, I need to like, all right, here here's here's the standard I've set for myself. Here's what I need to make. Is it just like first, like, what's your mentality going into something, making something like that? Well, hmm, I guess it's tough because I'm. I'm really so used to it now. I've been doing it for years at this point. Um, but I guess at the time it wasn't daunting because it was like... Zelda is something that I just can't dislike. Even my least favorite Zeldas I still like a lot. Um, so it's just something I'm naturally enthused about. So for that specifically it was like... I don't know if I've ever walked anyone through my process on that, but it was, I was in college and I was kind of, 
I was in college still, I should say, because I was doing YouTube before then, but um, I was in classes and I was kind of bored and I was like, well, what's something I can do to pass the time in between classes? And what I ended up doing was like, let me just play all the 3D Zeldas and write about all of them because I was in that kind of mood. Breath of the Wild was looming on the horizon. Mm -hmm. I was really excited for it. And I was like, well, you know what? I'll just make a bunch of videos on the 3D Zeldas. And so I was so passionate about it that I just wrote a ton of scripts like all at once. I think by the time Ocarina of Time came out, the video, um, I had scripts written and done on Ocarina, obviously, because it was out. And then I had a script done for Majora's Mask and Wind Waker. So the, I got those videos out weekly because I, I don't know, I just pounded it out with all of my free time. And I guess since then, because I did, like, because I did that, it really doesn't seem daunting anymore because now I don't update <laughs> that frequently. There you go. So I guess I just yeah. did so, I did so much all at once and realized it wasn't really that hard. So I guess it's just, to some people it might seem daunting, but to me it's kind of like, well, that's just kind of, what I do. I'm very long winded. I have a lot of things to say and it, I don't know. So it's an, it's an outlet for you yeah. basically. I mean, if I didn't still enjoy doing it, then I would have quit a long time ago. That's good. Yeah. Because I think sometimes people are beholden to their audiences and they're beholden to Patreon right. or the comments begging you to do that next game. And if you're not feeling it, uh, it can be stressful. So it's, yeah. it's, I, it's always rewarding to hear that people it still is, enjoy their creative it's stuff. It's kind of know. annoying sometimes, though, when I make sometimes I make a shorter than average video and people are like, well, why is not this longer? And I'm like, well, it doesn't need to be. I don't know. Sometimes I'm yeah, like, it my, does, not every single video needs to be that length. I don't go into my videos like it needs to be a set length. I just write them until I'm done. I write my right, rough draft, yeah. I edit them down, and whatever length it ends up being is just whatever it ends up being. So I don't know. If if I don't get an hour on Bill Lambeer's combat <laughs> basketball, my day is ruined. <laughs> so when you talk about passion that in, in the, is that comes about through those games... I guess I just want to know more about that. When you when you play something, you just need to like express why you appreciate what you're playing, or do you need to like communicate it to other people? Like, what's do you have you ever thought about it that way or anything like that? Like, do you get what I'm? Yeah, it's, <laughs> get what I'm saying. It's kind of hard. <laughs> I've thought about this a lot in passing, mm. like because all I really know is that I play a game. I write all my thoughts down, things that I think people would find interesting, and then I just feel fulfilled when it comes out and read a few comments. Like, so it's hard. It's a hard thing to answer, like philosophically. Why would I, you know? Um, but I guess it's sort of like I feel like I can offer. I, I think it came from a place of like I feel like maybe I could offer. A perspective or some ideas that people haven't thought of before or in a way that people haven't thought of before I mean you're never gonna have a completely original thought but maybe amidst the like things people have already talked about there's like something in there that just speaks to who I am and I can I guess it's sort of like I'm building a catalog of my interest and my taste that people can sort of 
dig through and figure out what kind of a person I am in a meta sense. Um, yeah, that, that's okay. kind of the best I got. That's... But I do think about this question a lot. It's just kind of hard for me to have come up with an answer. I don't know. It's something that I've never. Yeah, it was hard an for Alex to ask it, so that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's something I think about a lot. So I think it's a good question. I think that's that. That's kind of what sets you apart from other YouTubers is that you think about that kind of stuff, and that uh, that's the kind of stuff is important to you. It's more than just gaming. It's how gaming has influenced your life and how it shapes you as a person and that sort of stuff and that brings me to uh your persona 4 video and listeners out there if you haven't seen king k's uh persona 4 video it's uh very interesting it's it's unlike any other it's not even a review (laughs) it's just like hey here's what this game meant to me and here's how it's uh here's how it hits me emotionally both back then and today and it's it's very candid and it's very cool to see that um so yeah that that's it, I, I think that's why people are are drawn to your channel is that it's 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 you it, it really is uh there, there's no facade there it's it's there's a real person behind all that sort of stuff yeah that persona 4 video is really weird now that it's out there because that is not how I. <laughs> I'm sure that's not how I originally envisioned covering Persona Four because I love that game. It's one of my <laughs> favorites, but I always had this vision of like, okay, I'm gonna cover it like all the other games on my channel, and it just like it's gonna mm-hmm. be this huge video talking of like in depth breakdown. And then when I went to write it, I, I just kind of realized that like I don't really want to or need to. That's not really what I want to mm-hmm. say about it because when I played it, I felt the the most recent playthrough of that game felt like way different than I had ever felt playing that game. And I kind of realized it's because I, of the experiences I had with it when I was younger compared to when I, the time frame that I was playing it nowadays, which was a complete disaster of a year. Um, So I was, I guess it was, it's interesting that it turned out that way because that was never really my intention until I started writing it and realized like, I don't really want to break it down in detail. I guess I looked up, like, that's another interesting angle because I looked out on the internet and I'm like, you know, a lot of people, like a good friend of mine, Liam Triforce, who I've known for ever since I started YouTube and we've both kind of been doing it together. Um, he did a really good video on his first experiences with it. That it's kind of a big breakdown. I don't know. I kind of felt like, where's the me in this video? And that's where I landed at. And I guess it was pretty it was more personal than I ever thought it would be, but I like how it turned out. Well, it sounds like it was pretty cathartic, I would think. Yeah, it was pretty cathartic, actually, now that I think about it, yeah. <laughs> After the year that we've all had, uh, it's... Yeah. It was pretty nice. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting video, and one that, you know, because I did a bunch of research on you, obviously, before we brought you on, so we're watching a bunch of your videos, and this one's one that stood out, and I immediately sent the link to Alex and was like, hey, if you haven't checked this one out yet, you, you really should, because... It's it's really different, and I think what sets you apart in a number of ways. And I might I'm going to flatter you here for a little bit, maybe go a little too fanboy, but I think a couple things stick out. Is that one, uh, and you've alluded to this a little bit. You're you're quite a bit younger than I think most folks that cover retro style games are, and that's not that's not a, like a, a an age shaming thing. I think no, yeah. I mean, I was I was born in '97, so yeah. So I mean, you're like, I mean, Alex was 30 years old in 1997. So I mean, that's that's incredibly <laughs> so. 
Alex, you still here? I made fun of your age. I am pretty young then, yeah. No, Alex is not. <laughs> no, no, yes. no. He's, oh, God. But Alex is old. How old was I in 97? 50, I, that 90, it, when, it, when you say 1997, the first place my mind goes is the Montreal I mean, Screwjob. Really, I was I was practically born in 98, because I was born in December 1st of 1997. So. Wow, okay. So you're basically, yeah, you're a 1998. You would have been released in 1998 North America. So I had my first job when you were born. There you go. Okay. Yeah. There we so go. So that said. Go. That said, I think uh, I don't have a lot in common with a lot of people from your generation, especially when it comes to games. We're just that's just how time works. But listening to that Persona Four video, I could never tell anyone. Like I could not guess how old you were. That's that's the impressive thing about it, is that like you're very erudite. Is that a word? I'm going to use a big word. You're you're very erudite. Uh, you, you have a lot of um, you have a lot of perspective. I think, which is great. I I don't know if that comes from just who you are, or maybe the the journalism and school thing helps. But the way you write. Is so evocative that when you're like that Persona 4 video was was extremely interesting for a number of reasons. And I think a lot of people could could make a video about how uh, any game affected them personally. And it just wouldn't sound the same. Like if I did, it'd be like, I like this game when I was 12 and uh, I, it was it was fun. I had friends. But like your delivery, the way you write it, the, the little pauses that you put in there and. Uh, everything else, it's really, really good. So I think you're you're ahead of your years in terms of just how well your content is scripted. And speaking of scripting, are you are you a gifted writer? Like, does this? I mean, I know you're a gifted speaker, but do you have a writing background? You know, journalism aside, like, have you written for any outlets or anything before? Because I think that that's that's a skill of yours. Um, honestly, not really. Now this, well, I. Not really to the uh, have you written for any outlets. I am, I have been a writer pretty much all my life, though, in the sense that, um, so the reason I'm in journalism as a degree is because I wanted to be a writer, but I wanted to be realistic with my life outlook. Um, we'll put it that way because I am really into like fiction writing, like creative writing. English stuff and I'm not going to get an English degree I'm not going to be that guy so I was like eh, you know the journalism is kind of cool it's a thing I can do with my writing that could get me a job <laughs> um, but really my roots lie in creative writing that was the most fun I had in high school I took a creative writing class and I just fell in love with like the process of building worlds and writing stories and creating characters and um, I actually because of that, after uh, one of my high school teachers gave me like an English award, I remember that. So, <laughs> and she would always be like, "Wow, you you know you have a gift. You shouldn't let this go to waste." And I kind of took it to heart. So I've really never stopped writing since high school. Um, I don't do a lot of creative writing anymore, which you know I've, I've been trying to really get back on track with that now that I have like kind of a stable life. Mm -hmm. um, but. I just haven't stopped writing since high school. It just kind of shifted into this YouTube channel where I write like thousands of words per week or per day sometimes if I'm really <laughs> passionate or, uh, yeah. yeah. So I guess I've always had a writing background, which is why I'm able, I guess that's another reason this kind of stuff doesn't bother me, like writing huge script scripts because like I love writing. It's just never been boring for me to write a script. That's like my favorite part. 
So I don't know. Do you feel like you're getting typecast at a certain point? Like you're the video game guy, you're the Zelda guy. Like, do you want to? You eventually want to get uh, like, hey, folks, I'm I'm better than that. I don't know. I've thought about that. I haven't really felt that much because video games. Like, I'm I'm into like some anime. A few mo- like I don't watch movies much or TV, but sometimes I do. Like I, I watch. What, like, what was your gateway anime that got you into it? Uh, my gateway. I almost said Clan Ed, but that's my favorite. That's not my gateway. My gateway was like, uh, I guess it must have been. It was a long time ago. It might have been Clan Ed. I don't know. I remember there was just this block of time where like I, I was younger and I was like, I hate anime. I don't know why I said this. I, I've never watched an anime <laughs> in my life besides like Pokemon at that point. But I was like, I had decided. Yeah, I was going to say it was just Pokemon. At a <laughs> I had decided point. I was like, no, I don't like anime. It's weird. And then. One day in like 2012 or something, I was like, I saw these weird clips of Clanad on YouTube. Now I'm remembering. I saw these. It was Clanad because I saw these weird clips on YouTube of it. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then I watched it and it destroyed my life because it's a very tragic, (laughs) sad, but also. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody who's seen it knows the roller coaster you go on. So that's like yep. after that i had this void where i was like i am now going to watch full metal alchemist death note i am now going to watch uh yep Gurren Logan. uh basically everything that was popular i just funneled into and then from that point i just i don't watch it much anymore i still watch occasionally <laughs> some of the shows that i like like re-zero um but you know like thinking about covering getting back to the question um Thinking about covering stuff like that, like anime or like uh, movies or whatever, is just like I have an interest in it. Um, I've I've always thought about talking some of my favorite movies. Like I really love the Mission Impossible movies, like a lot, to the point where I was honestly considering making videos on them, but then just kind of got <laughs> caught up in a lot of other things. But nice, it's something where I'm like. You know, maybe I'll try it one day, but I have no pressing need because at the end of the day, video games mm. are like my passion. <laughs> like the, those yeah. are, that's the thing that I, I play video games all day, every day, mm. you know, well, you know, not, <laughs> I don't play it all day, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> We're not going to judge yeah, you fine. if you play all day, every day. It's I have things <laughs> to do now that I'm actually an adult. But yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm curious though. These uh, some of these. I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm hooked on the script, but like, how many pages are we talking here for one of these videos? Like, does it is it approaching like twenty for an hour long video? I'm just curious, like how how much of a document are you? Well, uh, actually, and do you pay attention to that sort of thing? Like, holy shit, this is twenty pages long. Because <laughs> that's all uh, I think about. I don't page actually length. really look at it until it's done, like until I've gotten all my thoughts down. I, and then I look at my word count because I'm curious, and then I compare it with others, <laughs> just so I can see like. Yeah. how long it'll probably end up being but uh actually if you want you could just if you want to just pick a video of mine that you're curious about the word count page count then i can check right <laughs> now because i have them all i keep all of them on my google docs all right sure real time uh checking uh, oh I my god low. well i mean the the go-to is gonna be your final fantasy 7 remake <laughs> Uh, discussion but that was that, that i'm guessing that scripted. was unscripted that was not scripted yeah so um well, we get okay let's go with go ahead i was going to say we got the uh the pokemon uh diamond and uh pearl retrospective from a couple months ago that was a longer longer video there what are we dealing with uh yeah okay i got it right here 
so page count is not a reliable metric because you, you have like spacing differences and stuff, but I use like single space. So my page count is like 18 mm. and my word count is 10,807 words. So <laughs> that's insane. So, and, and just from the beginning to the end of writing that script, how long is that taking you? Is this, I mean, I know for the, some of the, the Zelda ones, you blitz through them pretty quick, but tackling these videos as you do at the pace that you do, is that uh, a week-long effort, a couple nights, a month? Like, how long does it take you to put all that together and then finalize it? Well, it depends. Um, sometimes they take longer. Sometimes I bang them out in a couple days because, or even one day sometimes. It, it just kind of depends on whether I'm feeling it or not. Like, um, if I, like, some scripts, even the really long ones, like this one that I just gave the word count for, um, I, I can't specifically remember if this one was a short job or not, but, like, some scripts like this I have written in, like, a day. Jeez. Um, not finalized, because mm-hmm. then after, I, I basically just mean, like, the rough draft I writ- I wrote in a day, and then after that, I, like, um, I read through it, like, five or six times and rigorously edit it down until I'm happy with it. And then that process takes like a couple days. Um, um, but sometimes I'll just, I won't be like, I'll just get stuck somewhere, you know, writer's block. Um, but I'll just get stuck somewhere and it'll take me like a week (laughs) to like figure out what I want to do with it. But, um, so it depends. It's kind of hard to stuff like that usually depends on like how I'm feeling, how into it I am, how difficult the word, the things that I need to describe are. And if I just can't find the words for it, then I usually have to like do something else while I try to get inspiration. So it's kind of a fluid thing. Sometimes it's real fast. Sometimes it isn't. Um, I mean, and are you one project at a time or do these, do you have like uh, one a little further (laughs) along than the other or I I usually have multiple. Okay. I was going to say, all right. And that helps a lot with if I if I run into a problem with one script, I can just go to something else. And I'm thankful that my mind works that way and that I don't get confused because it helps. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And just looking at this catalog, I mean, is there you know, I'm curious which of these video projects has been the most demanding and maybe maybe there's one that was uh you know a little more difficult to put together than maybe you expected or maybe there's one that you're more proud of than another well lately i've been doing pretty all right like there haven't been too many that i've struggled with but i remember um my red my pokemon red and blue video i had this i started the script for that like more than a year before the video came out so that was one of my longer ones where I was like getting at it every now and then and I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to say about it. And then um, like a month or two before the video came out, I, I got this burst of inspiration and I was like, oh, okay, I know what I want to say now. And then from there, I just, you know. Right. Um, so that's probably one of my more difficult ones. Um, let me, I'm just look browsing through. I think... Um, Donkey Kong Country also took a while because I, I was having trouble. I kind of felt like I wasn't saying anything of worth. And then 
after a while, I was just kind of like, okay, I, I kind of understand how I want to approach this. So those ones took a while, but it's maybe gotcha. something okay. like um, Diamond and Pearl was just kind of like, you know, the Pokemon ones after Red and Blue, after I, because Red and Blue kind of made the foundation for what would, what I would do going forward. So after Red and Blue, I have not really struggled at all making the Pokemon videos. So those are maybe examples of things that came to me pretty easily. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, you did mention uh, writer's block a bit while a while ago. Like, how how do you deal with it once once you recognize what it is? Well, like I said, having multiple scripts open helps because usually I don't get writer's block. Generally, I get writer's block on a specific script where like I just run into a brick wall. I have no idea what I want to say anymore, and it's just I have to distance myself from it. And so okay. I, I, I go and I play something else and I think about something else and then I make a bunch of progress on that script. And then maybe through that process, I'll be like, oh, now I have an idea for this other one that I was stuck on. And that's pretty much my entire process where I have three or four scripts open at any one time that I'm just kind of working on. It's just forget it exists, move on to something else. Are you like 100% invested in this other thing that you're going? Or is it still lingering in the back of your mind? Like, <laughs> no, like I, I pretty much just blot it out. Like, okay. And if if I feel like I'm ready to go look at it again, um, then I yeah. will. But that's the thing about having multiple scripts open. I don't really feel any pressure to like make yeah. sure that I get something done because that leads to a lot of. Um, I actually, I'm gonna choose my words carefully here because <laughs> I have a sponsorship agreement with this with the donkey kong country 2 video and i don't know how much i want to say regarding it but various circumstances surrounding that made it to where i'm not really i'm not super proud of that video in retrospect um because Hmm. that was a situation where i was like for the first time in a long time i that was like my only script at the time (laughs) Where, like, I had Diamond and Pearl, but I just hadn't started work on it because I still needed to finish the game. Um, But Donkey Kong Country 2 was, like, realistically the only video I could be making for that month for my sponsorship. And I I kind of, I kind of just had to, like, I'm kind of ashamed about this in retrospect, but there there really was nothing I could do because I had prior obligations and i was like well this is the only script i got i just need to power through it and put something on the page and put it out (laughs) so it that that can happen when i don't have multiple scripts open at once stuff like that will happen so i try to avoid that at all times because that's not good i mean some people consider that to be quote-unquote professionalism it's called like you know like just sticking it out and you know (sighs) I don't know the right way to phrase this, but <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> just, know, like you know, muscle through like, it, like just yeah, muscle through it, or you know, just just get o- you know, get over it, or whatever. I don't know. That's something I've struggled with too, where I had to put a uh, ice cold like lockout on anybody that wants to email me some sort of like, oh, we want you to uh, you know, here here's a Steam key. We want you to promote our game on uh, on Steam, and I can't do that. I just can't. Yeah. I, it's just it's <laughs> I can't. It's I don't know what it is. It's just uh, 
too uh I, I i it's not that i'm afraid of like hurting their feelings it's just that like if you want me to do that that's fine but uh at the same time do you do you understand what you're asking for by asking me to review this because i'm not going to be like oh they they gave me a free copy and they're so nice for that it's like i'm not going to say that yeah like i'm gonna i'm gonna treat this like any other game i don't think a lot of people realize that because it's like i am comparing you to everything else out there at the moment that is available to play okay that's 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 quite the ask you're making i don't think a lot of people realize that but still to this day to just today here's another freaking steam key for some like it's an action rpg with elements of you know freaking buzzword game buzzword game etc yeah. etc et and I it's get just quite like a few of those and like, yeah i'm sure you do i get like i feel bad because i i like they they probably you know they just want exposure for their game and i'm like they do yeah I, I'm, but uh, like, and I'm like, I hate to just ignore them, but I'm like, I'm just one human being. I can't, like, I can't handle that. I got enough on my plate, you know? Yeah, it's, it is tough because, uh, you, and also you're not sure what's spam and what's real. Yeah. The latest, uh, I'm sure you get these all the time. The latest Raid Shadow Legends email I got, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's, they're becoming self aware, these, these people. I actually don't get those. I used to get those a lot, but then I guess, if you don't respond enough times, they just stop emailing you. So I don't know. I haven't gotten one in a while. I got one from Natalia who uh, said, um, and it it was like the weirdest pitch I've ever gotten where she's like, I'm well aware that highly, this is obviously not a person named Natalia. I'm well aware that highly influential creators as yourself are bombarded with annoying sponsorship emails, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm here for a different reason. I'm My name is Natalia and I'm, I'd like to invite you to, par- to participate in the campaign of the most novel product I doubt you've ever heard of. Are you ready for it? It's Raid Shadow Legends, <laughs> a mobile game that is also a meme. And it's like, shut up! Like you can't, yeah. you can't I mean, be just doing this. You're self-aware does not mean. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it, it must work on some people if they keep doing it. But, uh, and I got an, I, the reason I'm reminded of that is because I got a basic bitch email today saying, "Hi, I'm this person from hype. I shouldn't even say their name." Uh, I tried to contact you last week. Blah blah blah. blah. It's like freaking boilerplate email, and uh, yeah. yeah. The, I, I ignore the hell out of those. I, I try to aggressively ignore them, if that's a thing. I, like, try with all my... <laughs> like, I'm like, ignore, you know, just try and, like, push them out of my brain. I don't know. It's, I'm, yeah, I'm so I mean, sick I, of those I get emails. Those too. so annoying. Maybe not the same ones, but... I don't know why Raid doesn't email me anymore. Maybe just because <laughs> I... Not that I want them to, because, like... I was going to say, I've, now you I've sound I've made offended. it pretty expressly clear that... I won't take sponsors that are video game related because that's just. But <laughs> by the way, this episode is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that would be awkward. That would be funny. Yeah, you know, we we've actually we've said their names so many times. This basically does qualify as an ad for Raid Shadow Legends. Like we uh, we did it, but we didn't mean to. We, but we did it. We did it, everyone. No, it's uh, there's a reason they made that quote unquote self aware. Uh, yeah uh spam email a thing it's because they know they're a joke yeah no uh, doubt yeah i mean like it, on like the I, i'm real conflicted about raid because for me i want to take like for me personally my personal standards are i want to take sponsorships of things that i like 
believe in or think are useful to people that people would enjoy sure. or like want to use. But, and um, I have my own personal thing where I won't cover video games as sponsorships because that's like <laughs> bad ethics. First, there, yeah. there are a million and one things wrong with a, a video game critic doing that. But like at the same time, like I recognize that YouTube is fickle. I've seen it firsthand and I take sponsorships myself. So like, I really like, I, I can't blame people for taking it because they give like, I, I don't know how much, but they, they must give a lot because it's throughout the internet. So like, I, it's mm. hard for me. Like, I really don't blame anyone for taking them. It's just, man, I want to say it was a couple years ago. Um, no, it was three years ago. Uh, three summers ago, I would say. I was curious. I got a uh, sponsorship from, you know, and it, it was a dude representing a bigger thing, uh, a very common thing you see advertised on a lot from a lot of YouTubers. And he was like, hey, let's just ch- let's just chat on the phone and, uh, you know, take your temp take take the temperature of like what what how you feel about this kind of thing. He was very like hands off about the the whole thing and i was like eh, all right let's let's try it once mm. sure enough he schedules like this conference call and it's the guy with like i don't know three or four other people and this dude is seriously like all right we're on the phone with the Sinestrunk team and i'm like yeah <laughs> i'm out in the yard with my dogs <laughs> that's that's my team it's like yeah. I'm, I'm legit just like one guy and I could hear his enthusiasm shrink from that moment on. When he once he realized he was dealing with some jackass, like just yeah, I'm just like one dude with you know Sony Vegas and you know, a capture card. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty crap. surefire way to lose interest in somebody. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, because I I I um I have a company that gets me sponsorships. Like I don't really talk directly to the people that I sponsor. Mm. There are people that get them for me. And cool. I, I didn't really know how that worked at first. And when I got the email, I was like, Oh, you know, I'm interested. But then I talked with them on the phone in kind of the same way. And they, they clearly knew who I was, were fans of me, were familiar with me, actually cared enough to do research on me. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, maybe this, Maybe this can go somewhere. You seem to actually know who I am and what I do. So, like, maybe, and it's proceeded swimmingly since then. So, I guess it's just some people yeah. are out for, they don't really care, and some people do. So, I don't know. It's a, mm. no, it's, it, sometimes there's a way to organically work your, your, or even have, like, uh, in your case, your, your videos are, are a length where you can do the, you can almost do like a King K will be right back after this yeah. and you, you can do like a an ad read like right there and then come back and your your ad your stuff resumes. It's almost like anime bumpers. Yeah. I can't do that because my videos are only like, you know, four or five minutes long. I wish yeah. I could do a Sinestrunk will be right back after this of <laughs> two minutes in, but people would probably be pretty pissed. Yeah. But I'd, I'll never forget that guy's reaction, though, where he was just like huh he's just one dude and they sped the hell up out of that call i was out of there within 10 minutes and yeah that was that and i have not uh entertained a sponsorship offer since then i don't think i would be much use to those folks because i'm not uh making people stay on youtube for very long for one thing 
whereas you are a, an asset with your uh, longer form content, I would say. Mm-hmm. So YouTube th- is thanking you uh, every Christmas and every New Year's <laughs> and every birthday. So I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I, mean, I, I wouldn't say that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're pretty much. Uh, wrapped up here yeah right, i think Trav? so yeah all, all of my scripted questions have have been uh tossed out and answered so we we definitely appreciate your time keen k so happy we're finally able to to get together with you and we want to shout out the uh the guy who originally reached out on our behalf to uh test your interest which is seth aka captain drachma he's a big fan of yours so thank you seth for uh hooking us all up together here for this. Cool. Yeah, man. Really looking forward to whatever you do next. I mean, I know you, you have a, um, a Patreon and some other things, but if you could whisper maybe what uh, you might be working on, that'd be cool. Sure. I mean, um, right now it's uh, this month is like, I, I probably, I'm still a little jumbled in like what's coming out, but I think I, I'm set now where I kind of want Sonic Heroes to come out this month. And cool. maybe Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, because I've delayed that way too long. Um, but uh, after that, it's Pokemon Black and White is next month. I'm sure a lot of people are awaiting that. And uh, Very cool. I'm working... The big thing is that in October, I'm working on a Metroid-related project that will Ooh. probably end up being the longest video I've made. Oh, wow. Hear that, folks? I mean, I don't know the for sure, but it's video. probably going to be the longest one. I can't envision a reality where it isn't, <laughs> so just because of the scope of it, but we'll see what happens. Well, good luck with all of those projects, man. I don't know how you can have that many large projects kicking around kicking around in your head. Yeah, but that's uh, tough. Yeah, it's, but, uh, it's impressive. But well, we're you know, lately, again. I've been uh, looking to hire editing work, too, to help me <laughs> oh. out. So that that's kind of why I have so much scheduled now is because I'm like, well, now I'm hiring editors, so I guess I can. It's a weird thing that my brain does where I'm like, hmm, this is getting a little overwhelming for me, just a little bit. Maybe I could hire editing work. And now that I've hired editing work, I'm like, well, let me ramp up my production schedule. Like, <laughs> So hopefully I don't find myself in the exact same position. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think I will. That's... I think I can handle it. I don't know. <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah that best of luck cool. to you man that's that's awesome look really looking forward to the metroid stuff for yes. sure i'm a huge metroid fanboy yes yeah, same here yeah metroid's great all right everyone that's been another drunk friend podcast as always you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com we do love hearing from you and we will respond and read it here eventually please head over to polymedianetwork.com if you want to hear more podcasts from us or our crew we have tales of the lesser medium pd's power hour for your beverage related entertainment new episode just came out featuring pam of cannot be tamed and of course you can listen to polykill if you like well me, of course, and uh, more talk about video games. And there's also IndieQuest, if you like indie games at all, like Limbo or Inside. Yeah, we mentioned them like two hours ago uh, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> <laughs> in the recording, we just mentioned them. But now, but if you're not interested in sending us an email, eh, it's no big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out big time. You can find us all on social media. On Twitter, I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at SNESDrunk. And you can find King K at the King of K and on YouTube at YouTube.com forward slash Kingdom Clanade. That's Kingdom K-L-A-N-N-A-D. And Lucas Giolato, or I'm sorry, Lucas Giolito got rocked. 
by the yeah. Royals. Uh, the the uh, fifteen games under five hundred Royals. Uh, yeah, they're leading the White good. Sox six to one right now. Trav is very upset. It's not looking but, good. But um, as always, the music you heard at the beginning and you can hear right now is comp- composed by our friend Coolor. You guys all know this. The track that you hear is called uh, Electric Starbounds. You can find a link to more of that shit. And it's not shit. It's just his shit. And it's it's the shit. And his music is on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out to L- Josh Leslie, who is the shit, for... <laughs> I was going to say something else. For our thirst-quenching logo. What, what were you going to say? What else were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, for our shitty logo. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, our logo is great. <laughs> Would Way to go. That? Way to get inexcusably abrasive at the end of the show. <laughs> just, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, that's that's the rest of my part. Okay, I don't have to I, say anything else tonight. I got it from here, buddy. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. No, you don't. And we have a great rest of your day. Ah. <sighs>